0: Going to read verse number seven. And I felt the Lord give me direction yesterday for the service this evening. And I just, I normally don't do this, but I am this morning. I feel the Lord gave me something to speak. And if anybody in the house today is dealing with any situation in your life that is creating fear, if you feel that you are fearful, Maybe you have a situation that seems impossible, fear of the unknown. Fear can paralyze you. I'm going to be speaking this evening on the subject of overcoming fear. And if you know somebody battling with fear, bring them to the house of the Lord tonight. I believe God's going to speak a word into their life this evening. Amen. Galatians chapter 5. Verse number seven, the apostle Paul is speaking here and he said to the church, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey truth? You were doing so good, he says. You you were running well. But something or somebody, there's a who. There. Who did hinder you that you should not obey truth? Lord, help us this morning to speak what you've laid on our hearts. I know, Lord, my limitations this morning. And I'm resting in you and in the confidence I have in you because it is you, Lord. It's your spirit. It's the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray this morning that you would do what you want to do with this message and this service in our hearts and lives today. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you would send the anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. By the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach this morning, minimizing hindrances, minimizing hindrances. God bless you. You can be seated. We all deal with, We all deal with hindrances. It is a common, common part of life. As a preacher and pastor, I've learned that sometimes situations that hinder me, I feel that uh, I have to be careful who I speak to about certain things that may be hindering me uh, for obvious reasons. Um, someone said one time, nobody wants to come to church and hear their pastor talk about how sick they are. Um, so I try to muscle through and push through when I'm not feeling so well. and When my wife's mad at me, which is very, very rare, by the way. But, uh, you know, we try to keep it. We try to keep it behind closed doors and don't want to hear you yell. I'm going to hear her yell all the way here. Uh, My wife's not a yeller, by the way. Quite the opposite. She plays the quiet game. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, well, this is not a marriage lesson this morning. So I've learned learned sometimes that in the middle of discouragement, sometimes the best way to get out of discouragement is to, to pray my way out of discouragement or to worship my way out of discouragement. Or to even preach my way out of discouragement. These are common practices that we have. How how many of you have learned to pray your way out of situations? You pray till you pray through it. Or you come to the house of the Lord. All of our worship, uh, by the way, if you missed it a few moments ago, as they were singing a few moments ago and talking about when he walks in the room healing, healing. has to walk out of the room because everything seems to vanish because Jesus walks into Jesus walks into the room. I, I, I want you to understand something this morning. There was a powerful an anointing of the Holy Ghost that swept into the room as they were singing. Um, it was a powerful presence of God. And if you were here needing a healing... Uh, Be sensitive to those moments because it's in those moments that your response may be what opens the avenue and opens the door to your miracle right then so you got to be sensitive to that and and not only just to your personal miracle and your personal healing but your response at that moment may make somebody else that has a need maybe you don't have the need but your response to the to the to the flow of the holy ghost may make somebody that may feel inhibited Uh, feel it's okay for them to step out in their faith and they may receive a healing as a product of you opening the door and the avenue through your worship that you set the tone for the room and for those that are around you because worship is contagious. And so people, people are affected. So there was, a, there was a powerful presence of the Lord. Uh, and uh, we, we've learned to pray our way through things and worship our way through things or worship our way out of things. Hindrances come in many different packages. Hindrances can come in the form of fear, in the form of the unknown. Um, hindrances can cause us to struggle with things. Sometimes we wrestle with things that are sent to hinder us. and there there it's a real wrestling. Uh, we often sometimes, uh, in our insensitivity to other people's needs, when they want to talk about something that's hindering them, we can so easily just just brush it off and act as if it's no big deal. Uh, their problem is not too important. Their pain is not too important because, You know, well, you know, you'll get over it. You ever had anybody to tell you that? Oh, just, just get, get over it. And some things are a little too difficult to just write off. To well, just, just get over it. Uh, Some things are much, much too powerful for that. Um, Hindrances, uh, they can cause all of us to struggle. And sometimes, uh, we wrestle with things that are. They're sent to hinder us. They're, they're not sent by God, but uh, they're sent by, they're sent by the tempter. they're, they're sent by Satan himself. And, and some things are intended to hinder us that are sent by other people. And that's, that's it's so so true. Then, then we deal with things that, that um, there's a purpose and a strategy behind it. If you pay attention, you will quickly see the strategy of Satan uh, in your life because he wants to hinder you. I, I, I do get encouraged not when people flippantly just say, well, Satan's on attack, but when people can contemplate and look at a scenario in their life and understand that this battle is not a battle with flesh and blood. But it is an issue. It is a spiritual battle. It is something that Satan is coming and trying to destroy you. Trying, and when you recognize that, then all of a sudden you quit being angry with everyone around you. And you start identifying the culprit, which is Satan himself, that is coming, trying to hinder you. You you did run well, but who who? who hindered you. Sometimes the who is you. Sometimes the who is between your ears. But sometimes it is a spiritual battle that is brought on by Satan himself that is coming to hinder you, to try to destroy you. He will cause trouble on your job. He will cause issues in your finances. He will cause relationship problems. He will bring all sorts of things upon you trying to hinder you. And the Lord at times will allow it because I have scripture for that because he allowed Satan to get through and touch all sorts of things in Job's life but he said you cannot take his life And so I see that in Scripture there are times when God will allow it because it is for the trial of your faith. God is working something good out of it. And it may be for us to recognize that our battle is not with flesh and blood, with brothers and sisters, with issues, with the church, with friends, with family. But it is your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, is seeking whom he may Devour. So let's point our finger where it belongs and declare it is the devil, it is Satan himself that is coming trying to hinder us. We deal with hindrances. Now, now when it's people, all of us, uh, have had to learn to cut out certain people. We have to remove certain people from our life because they are a hindrance to us. It's it's sad uh, when we have to do that, but there are certain people that, that they're just a hindrance to us personally. And and every time, uh, you know, there's been times, and and I'm not referring to anyone in this room this morning. I can promise you, but there's been times when uh, the phone is rang, and I've seen my wife look at me with those eyes that are half set to the corner of her eye as she takes the cell phone and shows me who it is calling, and she's cringing on the other side. And there's been a few times I've said, "Just don't answer that. There's nothing good gonna come out of that." They're gonna to tell you everything that's going wrong in their life, in their church, with their friends, and it's just, oh, poor me, pitiful me, and you're going to end up hindered by somebody else's problem that's not trying to get over it, but they're loving their despair because they're loving the attention that their despair, and they are a hindrance, and the enemy will use them to try to hinder you. I know you don't have any friends like that try to hinder you and may, maybe not even recognizing and realizing what they're doing but they can become a hindrance and you, you have to choose. I'm not prayed up today and so I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm going to pray tomorrow so I answer the phone when they call and be able to talk to them and try to tell them and sometimes they need some real talk and need somebody to tell them what you need to do is pray through that get over that, get faithful to God, faithful to the house of God loyal to the ministry and things might change in your life. Well, I thought you were going to just give a great big applaud for that. Everybody deals with hindrances. 1 Peter chapter 5 tells us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist. Huh. <laughs> Here's the answer. See, we read about, we talk about how the devil's a roaring lion. But here the Bible tells us the antidote for dealing with Satan himself, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions that are accomplished in your brethren, that... Uh, that, that are accomplished are in your brethren are in the world. In other words, you resist being steadfast in the faith, not wavering in your faith, knowing that the same thing that happens to your brethren also happens in the world. So Satan's not attacking you just because you're living for God. Because the same thing that he attacks people that are living for God, he, he will use the same tactics to attack people that are in the world. That's what, that's what First Peter is telling us. So being saved doesn't exempt you from trouble. But being saved doesn't necessarily bring more trouble on you. See, a lot of folks have got that wrong and they have become discouraging to people that are trying to live for God and say, that's just because you're trying to live for God. You know, the old devil's just fighting you because you're trying to live for him. Let me tell you, the same affliction is going to come on people that are in the world or in the church. Because your adversary is coming to hinder you. And if he can get you out of the church, he won't quit there. He'll start trying to hinder your marriage. And if he can get your marriage, then he'll try to hinder your finances. And if he can hinder your finances, he'll start working on your mind. Because he's sent to hinder you. The difference between you and the world is that they go to the bottle or the pill bottle. But we go to the rock of our salvation. See, there's the difference. Where do you go to? I've looked at people many times. I just, a few days ago, was doing a funeral, and I I, I looked at the funeral director himself, who is a religious man, and I said to him, I don't know, I don't know where people turn to that don't know God. And the funeral director turned to me and nodded and he said I know, I couldn't tell you the number of times that I've just relied on the strength of the Lord to get me through certain times and through certain things. I tell you this morning, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Can I enter the word a hindrance there? Therefore we will not fear for the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea though the waters thereof roar and be troubled though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof Selah. but there is a river the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacle of the most high God you may have come in this room today going through it but I come today to tell you you are not without strength for God is our Refuge and strength. A very present help in time of need. Sometimes it's not people. Sometimes it's life that hinders you. It's just life. But I want you to understand this. It may just be life, but your hindrances are sent by Satan himself. Brother Bollinger said to me one time, To the world it's just life, but to the people of God it is a trial. And I couldn't agree anymore. I'm telling you today, the devil is never up to anything good. That's why the Bible said resist him and he will flee from you. Everything Satan does, he does to hinder you. I get up some days and everything goes wrong. That's when I really Realize that that sometimes life itself has a way of just overwhelming us. But when everything comes at you, you need to find a word somewhere that you can just bury yourself into. Because Satan cannot stand against the word of God. God. Psalm 61 said from the end of the earth I will cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And thou, O Lord, hath been a shelter unto me. Sometimes i just got to get to the word of God. Sometimes I need to get in the presence of God. Like we are in this morning when the service is flowing and the worship is, I just need to get in his presence because in his presence his fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forever and more I come this morning to tell somebody all you need is a word all you need is his presence that hindrance that you're dealing with this morning will subside in his presence nobody nobody's exempt from struggle It's not because of sin in your life. It's not because you're out of the will of God. It's not because you're living right. It's not because you're doing good. The Apostle Peter said, don't think it's strange when trials come. Look at your neighbor and just tell them, don't think it's strange. No, don't, don't think it's strange. Beloved, think it not strange. 1 Peter chapter 4, if you mark it in your Bibles, 12 and 13, 1 Peter 4, b- beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. I'm telling you sometimes, I I was in the hospital the other day and I told somebody in the hospital, let me tell you something, when strange things happen, I always, it it doesn't take me long to understand. When strange things come and the doctor's like, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong, I can't figure it out. It's something strange. I tell you what, it's the, the adversary, the devil, that is bringing something into your life to hinder you. When the doctors don't know, don't, don't worry, God still can say yes. God still got it. He's not upset because you're upset. He's not fearful because you're fearful. He's not struggling because you're struggling. God has got control of it, but your adversary is bringing things into your life. Don't, don't think it's strange when some strange things happen to you, but rejoice in so much that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when the glory of God shall be revealed ye may be glad with exceeding joy. Don't don't get discouraged because trials come but rather rejoice the scripture says because you are partakers with Him. Do you get that today? Do you understand what The Apostle Peter is declaring, don't think it's strange when all of these odd. Things happen to you that come as a hindrance to your life, but rejoice because you are a partaker with Him. In other words, it's the closest thing ever, when you get so frustrated and you don't know what to do and you say, I don't think I can take anymore. It's the closest that a child of God is ever going to come to understanding the cross and Jesus on the cross when He said, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Ah, God, I don't know. I can't take anymore. Lord, can you take it off of me? But heaven is silent. It's as close as you're going to ever come to getting to the place where you are in entering into. You are you are entering into. Uh, you are a partaker in his sufferings. It's that moment that you're frustrated and you don't know and you're hindered and you're struggling and you're thinking, God, get this off my back. God, get this out of my life. It's as close to God. It's the potential for you to be as close close to God as you can ever be because in this earth it's you are a partaker in his suffering when you remain faithful through temptation when you remain strong and don't don't curse God and die but you stand strong in the middle of your temptation I've walked through some dark days in my life we all have We've all walked through some pretty dark days. And if we live long enough, we'll walk through them again. Doesn't mean you're backslidden, unsaved. Somebody that tells you you got to be happy all the time, well, they're probably not, haven't lived very long. Does anybody ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like, Job, your wealth is gone, your health is gone? Job visited the cemetery ten times when each of his kids were gone. Now if that's not enough to get you down, the woman that was supposed to be encouraging him and a help me to him was telling him, just curse God and die. If you read through the book of 2 Peter, you'll find one key word that just keeps reoccurring. Reoccurring, suffering, 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 suffering about every few verses. Suffering, suffering, suffering. Anybody understand what I'm preaching about today? Some of those things come to discourage us. They come to hinder us. If you read through, you'll see that word. None of us like to suffer, but suffer is this suffering is part of serving God. It's just gonna come with it. The difference is, is some suffer and they're gonna say, Ah, oh, I gotta go get some medicine for that. Some suffer and say, I gotta go get a drink for that. Some suffer and say, I've gotta find promiscuity for that. But I'm gonna tell you how a child of God suffers. I gotta find some prayer for that. I gotta find some worship for that. I gotta get in the presence of God for that. All I need is found in your presence. All I need is found in the presence of God. That's where your help comes from. Your help doesn't come from a bottle. Your help comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Our help is in Him. Our hope is in Him. Our comfort is in Him. Our peace is in Him. Our rest is in Him. Our healing is in Him. He is the anchor of our soul. He is everything we need. None of us like to suffer. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. There is never a time that you're any more Christ-like than when you are suffering and found faithful. You're in fellowship with him. Through suffering I remain faithful. Others may not understand you. But you're in fellowship with the Lord, and that's all that matters. My suffering has a connection to my relationship. My suffering and faithfulness has a relationship to my, to, to has a connection to my relationship with him. When I'm in right relationship with him, my suffering doesn't seem nearly as severe. If I, if I heard someone across town talking about me, saying bad things about me. I've lived long enough and my skin has gotten thick enough that I don't worry about it. I don't know who they are and they don't know me. You ever had somebody, you heard somebody said something about you and you think, well, I don't, they don't know me. They're talking about me, but they don't know me. What are they, what are they, It it doesn't really affect when you hear somebody that don't know you, but, 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 but but now you 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 are different it, because I know most of you pretty well and 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 I have some sort of relationship with most of you in this room today and in a relationship there are feelings and emotions involved. Some someone unattached from you can't really hurt you, but neither can they really encourage you. And, and, but when you're going through it, uh, you, you you want somebody that that you trust and you want somebody that knows you. You want somebody that's been through it to encourage you. That's why it's so very important for a brother or a sister to to see somebody going through it. You don't need to tell them you need to go across town and, and meet this stranger and have some stranger encourage you. We need to encourage one another. And we need a relationship with God so that the presence of God will be an encourager to us. And, and everybody wants to wants to quickly run to david and david encouraged himself and the lord yes he did but you know what he was a great songwriter his encouragement come from talking about god not talking about oh i you know i'm gonna find something in the world to, to be encouraged by his encouragement came from God his encouragement came from the word of God david would write songs about his goodness his greatness his kindness his love how that he saw him through you know how to encourage yourself get in his presence get in his word talk about his goodness find somebody pick up the phone on the day you're discouraged and just start telling somebody oh God's been good to me when I, when I wasn't faithful to him he was still faithful to me well brother I thought you were going through it I am going through it but by his help I'm coming out of it and I'll be through and out the other side of it because I'm encouraging myself My wife and I walked in the hospital this week. Matter of fact, we walked in the hospital seven or eight times this week. So many people uh, in and out of the hospitals this week. One of our busiest hospital weeks that we've had in a long, long time. And uh, we went in one of the hospital visits and and we were there for a little bit and we came walking out of the hospital to a a, a visit with a faithful servant of the Lord. And we walked out and the door closed and we start walking down the hall and, and before I could say it my wife looked at me and she said, isn't that a rare occurrence. We came here to try to pray and strengthen and encourage her. And she, she said I'm walking out of here feeling more encouraged than I did when I walked in. I'm going to tell you something. She's been through a few things and understood that when the Lord lets you go through some things you just go ahead and testify. Well are you not in pain? Of course she was. Is she not any dealing with some fear and emotions? Sure she is. But she said the Lord's my refuge and strength. God's seen me through it before. He'll see me through it again, and she encouraged, and she didn't just encourage herself, she was encouraging the encourager. Now, you have to be careful because people can hinder you. This is when you have to learn to adjust your expectation. There's people that'll encourage you, but there's some people that every time you get around them, you can expect they'll hinder you if they have a day off. Thank the Lord for it. If they come at you with their A-game of discouragement, you have to learn to shrug it off and say, I'm not going to let this hinder me. The issue is, is they're flawed. The flesh is flawed. Humanity's flawed. Unfortunately, I have to break this to you. We are all flawed. It's easy to see The moat in your brother's eye, and hard to see the beam in your own eye. That's right, we're flawed. When someone starts pointing out your flaws, just hand them a mirror. Everybody's flawed. But God saved us even though we are flawed. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, but we have this treasure In earthen vessels. There's the issue, earthen vessels. Just say that with me, earthen vessels. Earthen vessels, earthen vessels, vessels made of clay, vessels made of dust. That's why we're flawed because we're made of clay. We're made of dust. We're earthen vessels. We have the treasure of God, but it is in the treasures in earthen vessels. God decided to put his treasure in an earthen vessel. God decided to put his treasure in a flawed vessel. Now, now don't get it confused. The treasure is not flawed, the treasure is perfect. But the vessel the vessel is not perfect the treasure is perfect but the vessel is imperfect the treasure the treasure is not flawed but the the vessel is flawed in his infinite wisdom god chose To live in you, he chose to put his spirit, not a portion, not a little bit, not a dab, all of his spirit. He chose to put his spirit within you. You, with all of your hang ups, God chose to live. In you, we have this treasure, unflawed, in an earthen, flawed vessel. God chose. You didn't choose it. God chose to take an unflawed spirit, an unflawed treasure, and to put it in a flawed vessel. Your treasure is perfect, but God chose to place His treasure in your fallible, weak, imperfect flesh. Anybody have a treasure? You understand what I'm talking about? You didn't come in here today. I doubt anybody came in today with $50,000 in their their back pocket just walking around because you put your treasure in a safe place. You put it in the bank. You put it somewhere where somebody can't get to it. You, You put it in a safe place. You don't have valuable things in random places, but you put it in a specific place. You put it in a place that you trust. You put it in a place that you feel it's going to be secure if it's there you don't you don't just place it in some random in some random spot. God knew what he was doing when he put the Holy Ghost in you and in me. He had confidence in the treasure. There is no confidence, the apostle said, in the flesh, for the flesh is fallible. But the confidence God had was in the treasure. Don't get haughty because God has more confidence in the treasure than he has in the vessel. You're just the container. You are flawed. But the treasure, he had confidence enough in the treasure. It's the treasure that's going to con- that's going to preserve the container. It's not the container that's going to, to preserve the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost. He had confidence in the treasure to put it in a flawed vessel and declare you're going to be alright and the treasure's going to be all. I know you're flawed but he had enough confidence in the treasure that he put in you that you're going to make it. You're going to get through it. If you get the treasure do what it's supposed to do the treasure will maintain, the treasure will maintain the vessel somebody ought to give the Lord a, a hand clap of praise The outside will never be perfect enough to preserve the treasure. But the treasure on the inside will always preserve what is on the outside because the treasure is not of man, but the treasure is of God. You're never going to be able to boast about look what I've done because you're flawed, you're human, you're a failure, but the treasure is perfect. We think we've done something, we still haven't. It's the treasure that kept me through temptation, it's the treasure that'll keep you through your trouble, it's the treasure that will keep you, will preserve you, will cause you to be able to remain faithful though you're dealing with hindrances. We're hindered but we are not defeated. We are hindered, but we're not destroyed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. You didn't do anything The Holy Ghost in you. is what does it. You would have never been able to say it if it wasn't for the work of the treasure in you. I'm going through it, but I'm going to come out the other side like gold that has been tried in the fire. Paul said, What we're going through is just light affliction. Would you look at your neighbor and just tell them, uh, It's just light affliction. It's, hard, it's a hard pill to swallow, I know. Paul said, What you're going through is just light affi- affliction. He's, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. He said, For our light affliction, it's good for you to say, Apostle, you're the apostle. For our light affliction. That must mean the sniffles. Light affliction must mean somebody. I heard that somebody said something. That must be light affliction. Which is but for a moment worketh for us a more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Here's the man that had been through some things in life. And he called them all light afflictions. Second Corinthians chapter 11. He lists... The light afflictions, he said, in labors more abundant. In stripes, beatings, in other words, above measure, in prisons more frequent light afflictions. in deaths often, light afflictions, beaten by the Jews, light afflictions, beaten with rods, stones, shipwreck, light of, just light afflictions, perils in the deep, light afflictions, perils in the water, perils of robbers, perils of my own family, just light affliction, perils by the heathen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false but just light affliction perils and weariness and painfulness and cold besides all of those things that cometh on upon me he goes on to say then I have all the weight of the church resting upon me but then he says it's all just light affliction no it's not just the sniffles it's not just a day a bad day or a day of being ho hum but he's saying all of the, those things are light afflictions when you compare it with the weight of the eternal glory of one of these days he's going to see us through the only way it's going to be a light affliction is when the treasure is working in the marred vessel. Hey, I might, be, I might be hindered, but I'm not defeated. I'm closing, I'm closing. It's light affliction because it only lasts for a moment. It's just for a season. It's just for a time. When you weigh life against eternity, it's just a blink on the scale. But the issue is, is that trouble won't last always. It's just a hindrance, but it won't defeat us. Your trial won't last always. You won't trade. I I won't trade that which is temporal for that which is eternal. See, here's the issue. The light affliction, Paul wasn't making fun of us. The apostle Paul wasn't, he wasn't smug and, and saying, ah. You think you're going through so much? Look at this list of all the things I went through. That's not the attitude he's saying. What he's doing is trying to, trying to help us to look at what we're going through in comparison with eternity. Because in compared with eternity, this light affliction is just going to last for a season. It's temporal. Somebody said something about me, temporal. Lost my job, temporal. Bills I can't pay, temporal. Sickness in my body, temporal. Pain in my body, temporal. He says compare that with the eternal. Don't ever allow a temporary hindrance to keep you out of an eternal reward. This is what he's saying. Here's how you deal with a temporary hindrance. I'm going to be more faithful than I've ever been before because it's just for a moment. and it's. James says, life is like a vapor. Here for a moment and go. You see, it's temporary, but he's saying in comparison to what is waiting me on the other side, it's just temporal. Trouble won't last always. Trouble will, will come and it will go, but I have something that is eternal. I want that treasure working in me because it's not this body that's going to resurrect itself from the grave, but it's that same. Hope it's that same Jesus that is in me that raised Christ from the dead that's going to raise our mortal bodies. See, it's just temporal here, but it's eternal. It's eternal. The thing you have hindering you today is temporal, but can you get your eyes on the eternal? Stand with me if you would. If there's somebody in the room today. And you know I've spoken to you. I'm going to ask everybody just to bow your head and close your eyes because I want to make this as easy as I possibly can. I don't want people to feel awkward about walking to the front of the room. But if you need to get your eyes on the eternal this morning and off the temporary hindrance, why don't you just step from where you are and walk to the front of this room boldly and declare Trouble is not going to last always. That's it. Go ahead and come on forward. That's it. Go ahead and respond. That's it. God bless these that are beginning to move now. It's just for a moment, but I'm putting my focus. God bless you today. God bless you. Go go ahead and respond. People all over the room are responding. People all over the room are responding. Come on, church. We have a job to do now. We have a job to do now. We have a job to do now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Oh, yes. With oh, Jesus, oh,
1: yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I can take it.
0: Oh, yes. With Him. I That's it. Some are still coming forward. Continue oh, to join us here in the front the this morning. Make up my, way. My, life. my life is in your hands.
1: With Jesus I can take it.
0: Sister, brother, why don't you find a brother? Nobody's standing alone. Let's connect with somebody. Let's connect with somebody and declare in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. the devil gets nervous when we start unifying. When we start connecting together with somebody. When we start connecting with somebody, Satan gets Throw your hands in the air and declare and say, it to the Lord. I know that I can make it. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. I know that I
1: can. Yeah. Say that I'm that I gonna stay. No